0: Four words that turn summer into autumn. Notre Dame versus Michigan. Two giants who first clashed way back in 1887. For over a century, mud-covered golden domers have tussled with the guts and glue of the maize and blue. Epic battles punctuated by legendary names.
1: Hello there and welcome to the Fighting Wolverines podcast. I am your host Michael Keely and I'm here with me as always my co-host Dan Large. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing pretty well. It's nice weather out finally. I feel like the warm weather is here and hopefully here to stay. So that gets me a little pumped up. Um today's episode, there's not a lot going on in the uh College football world as of right now, um, especially with our two programs in Michigan and Notre Dame. A few uh, tiny, tiny details, some little things we're going to go into about each program. And then we are going to jump into some key games um, just for the whole college football um, landscape for week one. And then we will also be doing our top five offensive players. We did defensive last week. And we're doing offensive today, so we're going to go through our top five for each school, for that being Notre Dame and Michigan, obviously. Um, But let's start with some Michigan news. Dan, what have you heard about the program? What's going on with the Wolverines? Like you said,
0: there hasn't been much going on. Uh, One running back transferred today. I never heard of him.
1: I I saw that I saw that on my I on one of my social media pages. He's a
0: former three-star running back, Gage Garcia. Never, Never played, played at, at down. down
1: so. <laughs> so he's so it's a big loss then.
0: Yes, You're mm. gonna miss him. <laughs> and a couple of things they're trying to pick up a grad transfer defensive tackle from Oregon State, Jordan Whitley. Not a big household name, just. Add depth to the defensive line, which was always good. Absolutely. And they've been struggling against the run the last two years, so we could use it. For sure, for sure. They missed out on the UAB transfer. I think he went to Georgia. Yeah,
1: we I, I honestly haven't been keeping up too much of the transfer portal, but –
0: and that next month, there's a lot of defensive tackles that are supposed to be visiting the campus, so mm-hmm. hopefully we'll attract some.
1: Yeah, next next month is going to be wild for for the for our listeners because I mean for everybody that loves college football, just because there's going to be a ton of visits next month, and I think there's going to be a lot of commits happening uh, for both for I mean all schools, but I know Notre Dame has a ton of a ton of people are a ton of students and players visiting that, that month. So, yeah.
0: And the last thing it was announced today was Michigan and Washington's game in week two is going to prime time. That's That's an
1: interesting, that's an interesting game to me. Um, I, it's just like Washington is usually like pretty, pretty solid. They're not, you know they've been they've had a few years where they've been tops of the, in the Pac-12, but um, they always seem to have a pretty good defense. I feel like they have good. They're usually good in the secondary, and uh, they've had some that's, pretty good, pretty good defensive linemen too.
0: That's the only thing I know about them. They have a good defense. I haven't heard much about their offense.
1: Yeah, I think they had what was it, Jacob Eason for a while there. Was their quarterback? He's gone Ge- now. Georgia, yeah. Georgia transfer. Yeah, and then who was the? There was another guy. Is Jake Jake something? Jake, I don't know. I'm not familiar
0: I, with the. Pac-12. I remember. I
1: remember. Yeah, neither am I. Obviously, I remember there being. He was kind of in the Heisman race for a, a hot minute. Um, but, oh, uh, maybe I'll look that up when I have some time when you're talking later in the show, and I'll chime back in. But <laughs> is that it for the Wolverines?
0: Yep, still quiet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much same on on the ND side. There yesterday and today they had there has been two cornerback, uh, some grad transfer cornerbacks offered by the Irish. Uh, I I think you pronounce it just Caleb Evans. It's it, there's an A in front of it, so it's, it's a Caleb. I, I I don't know if you pronounce the A or not. From what I've heard on t- like highlights and stuff, it's not pronounced. But that's besides the point. He's from Tulsa. And then the other player that they offered was today it was Trey Webb from San Jose State. And I've watched film not extensively. I've watched some highlights of both of them. I watched a little bit more of Caleb William or I keep calling him Williams. He wanna say Williams. Caleb Evans. Sorry. Um, and I I've I I mean he's good. He's he he would be the one that I would choose out of the two if I had to pick. He's uh he plays a lot of, they play a lot of press press man and i, I enjoyed the fact that his highlights were you, the highlights were against some pretty good competition i mean like he was running with texas wide receivers they played uh, oh geez. who did they play in the bowl game um there was a couple i mean there was like three or four different power 5 teams that they played and there was highlights from every single one of them and uh, he just he, he looks like he will fit well into Marcus Freeman's scheme with playing, having to play some press coverage and um, and you're kind of out on an island and he's also pretty linky too he's six two uh, so it's kind of what they're looking for and they need help at that position so and it's odd, oddly enough this time almost exactly last year is when Nick McLeod... The grad transfer cornerback came, and are he he committed to Notre Dame um, from NC State. So uh, kind of interesting that they're literally in the same boat that they were they were last season. They needed they needed help at cornerback, and they got it. So hopefully the same thing happens because Nick McLeod turned out to be a pretty decent player. So um, and then the other thing is that another time. Uh, announced for a, for a game was the Notre Dame and, and Florida State first game of the year. It's a standalone game on September Sunday, September 5th, and it's at 7.30 on ABC, so it's prime time as well. So. Notre
0: Dame played on a Sunday night not too long ago,
1: right? Yeah, they played Texas. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I hated it. Actually, you know what? It's, it wasn't Sunday. It was Monday.
0: Oh, it's the Labor Day game.
1: Yeah, it was I there may have been two. So one of them they played on a Sunday and I think I know there was one that was played on that on that Monday on Labor Day and I absolutely it was tor it was torture. Like I'm watching all these college football games go on Saturday and I'm like I just want to watch Notre Dame play and I had to wait I had to wait 2 days after that to watch them play. So um that, that killed me but yeah I think every
0: fan went through that at some time in their lives yeah the way to the extra day for going to the NFL the Lions if they playing on all Monday night you just feel kind of what am I gonna watch on Sunday
1: right or when they play uh, when they play on Thursday for Thanksgiving and then you're you're like Sunday rolls around, you're like yeah like Lions football on Sunday and then you're like wait a second <laughs> yeah they, they already played. They so, lost on Thursday, right? Yeah, they lost, but <laughs> but we enjoyed some good food, so. Yeah. Um, so let's jump into some week one games that we kind of, I mean, I looked through the schedule, and I thought these were some games that I thought were interesting, um, some fairly big matchups, one or two really big matchups, and then we kind of have some upset picks, too, that we, I mean, super early to be. Throwing out upset picks, but why not? It's gonna be fun. So, and that reminds me, like when the season gets gets a little closer, we get closer to week one. Uh, probably the episode before the first Saturday, we're gonna we're going to we'll go through and pick games, and then we're also gonna label an upset pick um, for that week, and it'll be, that'll be a weekly thing. So. Do you
0: think we should do a predictions?
1: Prediction for what? Not
0: just for our teams, but how about our the Power Five conference
1: predictions? Oh, for oh like wins. wins conference championships?
0: Yeah, and maybe the four playoff teams.
1: Oh yeah, I think that sounds great. Um,
0: not gonna pick the Heisman Trophy winner. I don't care really.
1: Yeah, i I honestly don't care about that either. But yeah, we can do. I say, I say the conference championship. Would we'll be good. Maybe we could do a, like a preseason playoff, like four teams that we think are going to make it. Um, but yeah, we'll add that in as the summer goes along, and then throw that in maybe the week before, um, week or two before season starts. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right. So I have first on my list. Uh, I don't have the dates on here, but I have Ohio State at Minnesota as my first game written down. Uh, I think this is an interesting game because, and I actually, oddly enough, when I got down to my upset pick, I thought that this could be an upset choice because while Minnesota has been good, so, like, I don't know if you consider it a huge upset, uh, I think Ohio State has some question marks. I mean, I think, you know, they recruit super well. They have great wide receivers. Uh, depth and talent. I think there's a little bit of a question at running back because Master Teague. I I just don't see. I, I mean, from what I've watched, and I watched quite a few g- games of theirs. I I don't think he's that great. And I know they got a a re- like the number one running back in the the twenty twenty one class coming in, and uh, Travion Travion Henderson. Um, but I think the biggest question mark for them is at quarterback. I mean obviously they've like I said they've recruited well but I don't think that uh is it, what was it not is it Quinn no is that that's 2022 Quinn Ewers he's not going to be there next year but yeah. um but yeah I don't think there's a there's not a Justin Fields there's not a you know a a Joe Burrow waiting in the wings I know that was yeah hope, hopefully hopefully we said that about Cardell Jones too, and then he. For
0: Michigan fans, we're hoping they hit a rock, like just fall off the cliff on all the luck <laughs> for a quarterback play. It's just a right,
1: game. right, yeah. I who's I the
0: C.J. Stroud?
1: Yeah, Stroud is the projected starter. I'm pretty sure, and. That from what I've heard, which I don't, I mean, I guess I don't, I don't follow a lot Ohio State, but just through Twitter and stuff, I, that's what I've seen. Is he's gonna be, he's gonna be the projected starter, and I don't know, like, we'll see. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll be good. Like, I, I don't, I don't doubt that. But it's on the road, you know. It's kind of a, it'd be interesting. It's a Thursday night game. Oh, and that also, that also adds a little bit to it. I mean, Row
0: the boat, baby.
1: Hey, PJ, baby. I love, I loved when he was at Western because I graduated from Western, and I yeah, actually my. He, might... Go he played at
0: Ohio State.
1: No, I think he played at a MAC school.
0: He was a, he was a coach. at Ohio State at one time when Tressel was.
1: Yeah, I think that sounds right. I yeah, I think he, he played a
0: he played a receiver.
1: He, play, he played played receiver in the MAC. I'm pretty sure out like. Ohio. Maybe Ohio University. Anyway, I don't know. Um, But, yeah, that was my freshman year. Or I shouldn't say freshman year because I already had some community college um, under my belt. But my first year at Western was that 2016 year when they went to the Cotton Bowl against Wisconsin. And that was a – I remember going to college game day and getting into the box in front. I was in the front row. It was insane. Really? Yeah, it was so much fun. Um, I remember
0: that, but I didn't
1: we, <laughs> we waited, we waited from like, it was like three in the morning no, I was actually like two. Cause, um, uh, there was my, my friends and I were out, we were out at uh, the bar and we were on our way back. And the way the route we walked back yeah. to my buddy's house was, was like through campus. And we, we're walking through campus, and we're like, well, let's just walk by the college game day set and see if there's anyone waiting out there and just kind of gauge, like, when we need to show up. And we're walking, we're walking right past it, and there was just a massive line. Like, people were camped out, and I was like, dude, we got to go back and get changed and get up here. So we ran back and threw on some warm clothes because it was, like, sleeting rain yes. and snow.
0: That was the week
1: after Thanksgiving, wasn't
0: it? I think so. Or it
1: was Thanksgiving weekend. I yeah, so I can't remember exactly. But that was a good experience. Anyway, that was a huge tangent getting off. We're talking about Ohio State and Minnesota. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I could see that being an upset. But, again, it's Ohio State. They're, you know, they're a powerhouse. So I would not be surprised in at all.
0: Their, Big 10.
1: Yeah, everybody else is, is down below. Um, what did you have for your, for your first game? Well, I was seeing – I saw your list.
0: I didn't write down the same games as you did. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk about those other games. But college football starts a week early. For me, it's uh, Nebraska and Illinois.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Scott Frost, another coach who could be on the hot seat by the end of the year. I would think so. He going up against uh, Brett Bellum, Brett Bielema. Is that how? He, yeah.
1: Yeah, Bielema. He
0: returns. I think Illinois could be a surprise this year. I don't know why, yeah. but
1: well, I mean, Lovey Smith had them in a decent position. I mean, they were playing really hard. I felt like about midway, was that that was last year where they had a couple of decent wins, didn't they? Uh,
0: two years ago, they upset Wisconsin, and that kind of took it. To the next level
1: and that, save this
0: job by making a bowl game. That, that was what year. I.
1: That's what I'm. I mean, yeah, I'm still. Last year is still kind of weird with all the COVID stuff. Yeah. So. But yeah, I know what
0: you're talking about. Illinois used a lot of transfers that season, mm. and I think that's what Rutgers is doing right now too, with under Greg Giano trying to build up a program with transfers mm-hmm. that will attract the recruits too. If you win,
1: so yeah. We'll,
0: yeah I, think, first
1: yeah, I think Nebraska is – it's weird because, I mean, we were – I mean, before I was born, really, but they were – I mean, they were They were the Alabama of the world. You know, they were always – it was Tom always – was
0: born with coach. They ran a – I mean, it doesn't fit in today's offense scheme. Yeah. They were on a wishbone, I think, back in the day. A lot of action. Right. Scott Frost wasn't just a bully.
1: Just yeah people. it's interesting to me i have i have some cousins which you know them and you know uh one of them is your brother-in-law um Oops. but <laughs> but they like it's always interesting to me that they go on and on about because notre dame's heydays and all that stuff and and they go into like the 88 championship year and Early 90s, when Lou Holtz was the coach, and it's just like they ran like the most re- like the an offense that wouldn't even like you've seen it. Navy still runs it, uh, Georgia Tech tried to run it. Um, and you know what? It like, yeah, sure, maybe it levels the playing field a little bit for them, but it's not going to win you a national championship. And like, I think they're you know, Lou Holtz was obviously a great coach, like, you know he's one of the best to do it, but, and I, I, you know, I guess maybe because I didn't watch that era like they did, I don't have the same feelings towards it, but it's always funny to me just to hear like their take on all that and um, how Brian Kelly sucks. And it's like, I, I don't know. Like, (laughs) could Lou, would Lou Holtz have the same, the same effect right now as he did then? maybe I, I don't know
0: about that it's kind of like asking a player from the old days playing in today or you know how popular suggested uh conversation is Lebron and michael right michael played when you could go up and guard someone compared to today
1: yeah or you didn't Tainted get
0: topics in sports but
1: no uh, was... you didn't get Find thousands of dollars when you followed somebody.
0: Yeah, you could close line a guy and maybe get a slap on the hand a little bit. But.
1: Yeah, well, and that's the thing that I just think is interesting. It's like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not dogging Lou Holtz. I, I'm a huge ND fan, obviously. Well, <laughs> you were
0: around back then, so you don't, you don't know any.
1: Right, and I wa- actually, oddly enough, this last weekend, I went back and uh, I watched the '88. Uh, Notre Dame versus Miami, the uh, Catholics versus Convicts game. Nice. Um, just because I, I haven't really watched those. Like, they're uh, available on YouTube. You can go watch them. And I haven't really just, like, sat down and, and watched. And I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't like, wow, these guys were unbelievable. Like, yeah, at it's that time.
0: A, it's just a different time, different style back in the day. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: You were talking about Lou Holtz in Michigan as Bo, right? Like, yeah. They go after Bo saying he sucks. So I was like, still yeah, sure. I don't <laughs> like. I'm not a Bo worshipper because right. I
1: wasn't around. Yeah, and I think that that's the thing that you know, it's the same deal. It's like, would Bo Shembecker be a all world coach? Would he be in the in the conversation with? with Sabin Nimit, and Sweeney and, and yeah, like all of them, who knows who, who you never, you never know what well, they, they probably would adapt in some, some way, but things I have just changed Harbaugh so much.
0: That would adapt. be nice.
1: <laughs> He's a Michigan man. That's what you guys wanted. Yeah. I'm just saying this. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Let's, uh, I'll go, I'll go next on my, we're what getting off we on some serious tangents here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I got another Big Ten game for my second one. I went Penn State at Wisconsin. I have one um,
0: Big Ten game.
1: Yeah, I think this one's interesting um, because Penn State was, you know, had a really weird year last year. Uh, we kind of talked about that a few episodes ago where Pennix reaches out for Indiana and, and doesn't score but scores. And Penn State's season turns into a downward spiral. Um, But they're obviously still talented. They've still got – it's still a a good program under – what's his name? Oh, my gosh. James Franklin. What? James Franklin. James Franklin. (laughs) It must be the audio. I heard something way different. I'm glad I didn't repeat it. Oh, Um, I don't know what that is. No, it wasn't anything dirty or anything like that. Anyways, let's get back to it. We're um. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, Penn State, Wisconsin. I would say I'm interested to just see what Wisconsin looks like because they play Notre Dame, um, and I think that's one of Notre Dame's probably toughest games of the year just because it's at Soldier Field, and Wisconsin. Count,
0: former team. Yeah,
1: I just think Wisconsin is they're just tough. They're they're uh they grind it out. They run the ball. They play action pass. They're kind of similar to, like, a, an NFL team in, in some ways. They have quality O-linemen. They don't have great – they don't have, like, like shut-down defenses, but they're always good. Like, they're always just steady. Um, so, well, I think Wisconsin
0: that – usually has that running back. I don't yeah. know if they have it this upcoming year.
1: No, I heard oh, – I don't – I heard the name. Because he played last year a little bit.
0: But their quarterback, remember, got a little, you
1: know, some noise. Yeah, Mertz,
0: because he tore up crappy defenses. Then when well, you play a defense, and
1: he I heard an that good. I heard an interesting stat that uh, on another podcast I listened to, it's the Irish Illustrated podcast. I listen to it every Monday, and they uh, Tim Priester talked about there being. Graham Mertz, he had that big game, his first game or whatever, and he had five touchdowns and just like, you know, jumped onto the scene. And from if you take away those five touchdowns from that first game, his mm-hmm. touchdown, his touchdown to intercept, at interception ratio for the rest of the year was four to five or something like that, or three to four. So he had more, he had more interceptions than touchdowns past that point. Yeah. It, um, first game
0: was a good Illinois.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it so, and it's interesting that, you know, everyone's always like, well, Jack Cohn got beat out by a freshman and it's like, Jack Cohn was injured. And so they started the freshman and then he had five touchdowns and apparently took the world by storm. Um, so Jack Cohn was just like, all right, I'm out of here. And I would love, I would absolutely love for him to just—not that I think he has any bad blood against Wisconsin—I um, just would love to see him beat them. You know, that'd be yeah. re- that'd be cool. Being your former team. Yeah, I think that would be fun. Let's keep it in the Big Ten. Oh yeah, my turn. Yep.
0: My um, – it's another Big Ten game is Indiana at Iowa. I think Indiana's going to take a little step back this year. I would agree. I, I could see Penn State be better. At least Penn State finished a year off with a four-game win streak or something like that after an yeah. 0-5 start, I think it was. Yep. So, I think – Indiana, it rides on Michael Penix the quarterback. But the, mm-hmm. the thing is, the last two years, he hasn't played a whole season. Right. So I it's kind of hard to jump on the Indiana bandwagon.
1: They have the um, Freifogles back, right? The wide receiver? Uh, yeah, I yeah, I think he's, he's back. back. It's the, other, the other,
0: other one. The slot, slot receiver was gone.
1: Watt Pylor? Yeah. They also just got a actually a really solid pickup from the transfer portal. They got the that USC running back that transferred. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, that's um, I, saw. I can't remember his name now that I say that, but um, Austin something maybe. Um, but yeah, so he, he's a senior. I mean, he was a. He, I think he's get they gave up some pretty good production um, for USC. So that was a good pickup for them.
0: I think Iowa. They have one of the veteran quarterbacks on their side, Petrus. Uh, gives gives I, I, You don't, I don't know what Iowa's going to bring each year, year. so.
1: And yeah, they're kind of similar. I view them very similar with Wisconsin. Yeah. Like they're just they run the ball. They they bring it in tight. They you know they just they pound you for four quarters and. Um and for some reason I feel like like night games at Iowa, it's like a. Um, you're entering into like limbo or something. You're going in like a different dimension because like Michigan has had that over, you know, there was a couple years. A couple times too. Yeah. It was just like they go to Ohio Iowa. State. Yeah. It's like you, you go to Iowa and somebody about getting out in the cornfields and like you just like, whoa. The children um, of the
0: corn come out.
1: And yeah. It's come weird. Come it's, it's, a an weird.
0: it's an awesome environment. Watch oh. TV.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: That's one thing about 2020 that's so hard to care about in uh, season. Not because my team sucked, but it, <laughs> just, it just felt weird because there was no atmosphere. Yeah. And even uh, Michigan's running back, Chris Evans, he said after the season, it, it just felt different on game day when you woke up and you knew you weren't going to go out in front of a huge house full of people.
1: Yeah, it doesn't get you as hyped up for sure.
0: Yeah, that's what you said. It doesn't get you yeah. sacked up for it as much.
1: For sure. Well, you know, I may
0: do my last one, then we'll go into the other ones. On uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. The other game I'm looking forward to watch is it's not a big game, it's just the debut of Josh Heifel at Tennessee. Okay. I think Tennessee has potential of scoring a lot of points, but they're going to allow a lot of points.
1: He was the uh, the Central Florida coach, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Took yeah. over Scott Frost. UCF, UCF is a good, you know, uh, mid-major.
1: Well, yeah, they have the luxury of recruiting Florida. so. Yeah. They can get the guys that are, like, just off the tail end of, you know, Florida State and Florida and Miami.
0: That's the only reason I put that game down, is just to see. I mean, he could have really good games in his non-conference. But once he gets into SEC play it's Georgia, Florida, Bama, good luck.
1: Yeah, SEC is a different breed, man. I know everyone. I, I, I tend to, like, not buy into the SEC bias, because I think that it is a thing. Um, but, man... There are some dudes in that They're league. just man smart,
0: dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, let's uh, – is, is that all you had for that game? Yeah, that's yeah. it. All right. Ball uh, Green, let,
0: I don't know nothing about.
1: <laughs> you would assume Tennessee will be all right there, but you never know. Um, let's go to my next one, which I had Alabama and Miami. Um I think this is interesting for a few reasons. I think it's interesting, first off, because Alabama typically doesn't open up with a huge game. And now this isn't a huge game, because I think Miami obviously has some question marks. It's not the Miami of old, but it's two big college football names going at it. And they were supposed to open up last year with USC, and that didn't happen because of COVID. So, um but yeah, it always seems like the like Alabama. They always kind of play some like FCS school or something to start out the year. Or, but we let it pass because they or Duke. Hey, they are a power five team, so you can shove it, Western. You're <laughs> playing Western this year, the first game of the year. Get out of here. Hey. hey. <laughs> um. But I think it's also interesting this Alabama Miami game because w- the thing that has kind of hurt Alabama. Now I don't know if this is as true now as it was back in back when uh, Johnny Football was running around, but a mobile quarterback that can, you know, make plays, and I think that Miami has that in Derek King, obviously. So, I mean, that could be interesting. You never it's a neutral game, so it's not gonna be a home game for Miami, but um you never know I like it would be cool if Miami was like you know how- can you imagine the like Derek King might win the Heisman on the first week, like the first weekend of college football if he goes out and beats Alabama on a neutral site, he'd have to literally just have a mediocre year the rest of the season, and he'd probably win it so <laughs> I th- I think that those are my two reasons why I think that game is interesting.
0: Saber does struggle against mobile quarterbacks. History wise, Madzell Madzel. is one of them. Team, Tim Tebow. Uh, I
1: Can't think of that other guy. Maybe that's Maybe the that's only two. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they he they got beat by Ole Miss two years in a row, and both years they had you know yes. fairly fairly mobile quarterbacks. Not like a Johnny Manziel, I think but... was
0: his name. Not a flashy yeah. mobile quarterback, but... He but can guys that just, if he needs guys, Yeah, guys that can just make Baker plays. Mayfield
1: yeah. yeah, a guy that can get out of the pocket and and make some plays happen, so we'll see. I just don't think Miami's good enough as a team, like, could be, defensively. Could Derek Keane be the first Heisman hype for the first... three weeks if he wins wins that first game game, who knows i mean i if he wins that game or you know if it's a good game and he plays well like he'll be he'll be the front runner for sure because that's you know you're going against the team so
0: they have a lot of players coming back too so that
1: that helps yeah they lost two quality defensive linemen um I think they were both defensive ends, weren't they, in the draft? Yeah. But yeah. They went
0: yeah. from a six and seven season to an eight and three last year. COVID short season, so.
1: Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, it. My gut tells me that Alabama will do. It's kind of like the Ohio State Minnesota game. Like. Like, could it happen? Sure. Will it happen? Probably not. Well, I
0: wrote on Duke a little bit, but Duke actually played pretty well against Bama a couple of years ago. But Alabama just used this talent at the end, and,
1: yeah, I think
0: I could see this happening in the Miami game.
1: Yeah, I think there's enough star power at quarterback for that to happen. So,
0: but Alabama, we don't know who their quarterback is really. Uh uh-huh. And I don't think they have the depth that, that receiver like they did the last two years, two three years. But because, because they're such they're a such great, great NFL factory, factory I expect I them to be, these, you know, Alabama
1: still. Yeah. Um. Before we jump into the biggest one, I wrote down Notre Dame, Florida State. I know it's kind of like throwing out my own team. Type of deal. I don't think it's a huge game. I think Florida State has obviously struggled, but you know, tonight game in and, and Tallahassee. Um, and Mackenzie Milton is the quarterback at Florida State now, he's the UCF transfer. It could, I mean, that honestly, I don't that one doesn't sit very well with me. I don't, I can like, understand. That. I mean,
0: that.
1: Well, it's just like Florida State's got athletes everywhere. It's like you know we've beaten we've in the last like you know five six years we've beaten up on USC pretty good, and but every year every year we play them still I'm like it's not a gimme like there's they got five stars they got athletes Mm -hmm. and if they can figure it out and something clicks then you're screwed like
0: if they can protect Melvin.
1: Yeah, I think I think he's a he could be a difference maker for them, and they have Jordan Travis, who like you know he is a he was electric last year um, at quarterback, and they're gonna I'm sure they're gonna find something for him to do, like whether that's maybe split out or wide like wide receiver or something. I don't know. I mean, or have a package for him. But.
0: Switching over to Notre Dame, I heard that on Notre Dame side with their freshman quarterback. How yeah, mobile he is, they should try to use him in certain packages.
1: You know, I've heard that a lot, too. and
0: Short yardage package. Maybe.
1: Yeah, it's, I've heard it more in the red zone, just because Notre Dame struggled so bad in the red zone last year.
0: That kind of sounds like a Tim Tebow freshman year, when he was the backup to Chris Leak. He'll come out for a certain type of plays near the goal line. You're yeah. that famous uh, jump pass.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously...
0: I'm not saying Notre Dame's going to be like that.
1: No, I, like, obviously there are some size differences between Tebow and Tyler Buckner. But, um, yeah, I think that that's, I don't know. I I, I have a hard time with that because there's been years where we've gone into, and I'm not saying this is necessarily the same thing, but going to Notre Dame season, this was, like, early in Brian, Brian Kelly's time, but it was always, like, it always felt like, oh, maybe we're going to have this guy start. Or maybe we're going to have this guy start. And it was always like, I'm just big on, like, you've got to pick your dude. Like, and obviously if he doesn't, you know, if he's not playing well, then he goes, you know, you, you pull him, but and you are bring bringing the backup. But I just don't like the two-quarterback stuff. Because I feel like, what does that say about Jack Cohn? Like, if he wins the starting job and he can't score touchdowns in the red zone, like, I I don't know. I, I just – I think that there's an element that he could be used, but I don't think that Tyler Buckner is, like, that great of an athlete. Like, he's not like a – like, for example, if you had, like, a – I don't know, a Lamar Jackson-type kid that's just, like, unbelievable. I don't think he's that great of a runner. I just I and again I guess maybe I haven't seen it so maybe I'm wrong but I just don't know I don't I I think that there's an element to that that could happen but we'll see. Um, I did
0: not make a note of Michigan and Western Michigan as my top
1: (laughs) games. Yeah, great.
0: I I did have Florida State and Notre Dame. I mean, two big programs. You don't know first game of the year. Still yeah. The game of the day there's no yeah. until two weeks later or a week later so
1: yeah I think that'll be a, it'll be a you know fun atmosphere I would assume A because it's in Florida and Florida's pretty much you know wide open um mm-hmm. so yeah the tomahawk talk. I'm surprised they're still allowed to do that with oh, all the yeah. the woke business going on um so we'll see. It'll be a good. I mean, it'll be a good atmosphere. Notre Dame's offensive line is going to be really young and inexperienced. So, hey, you never know. Could could be a rough night for the Irish. I, I think they'll win. It's again. It's kind of like goes back to that Bama Ohio State thing. Like I think Notre Dame's at the point now, or at least I, at my opinion, maybe I'm a homer, but like you this, are. A, I that's a game you should win. Like you, it's like okay, cool, Florida State. They've sucked for the last however many years since Jimbo left. Like, you go in, sure, big atmosphere. You should you should throttle them. You should beat them by at least twenty with like, your talent.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Florida State will have the home field, and Notre Dame doesn't have all that. You know, their best players aren't as back. The theme yeah. book being gone
1: and all that. Well, I think it's not necessarily just like a I mean, if you look at players like ratings wise, I mean the difference is not that great. But I think when you look at system, what Brian Kelly has in place at Notre Dame, like, you know, everything is just like as a culture and a program, Notre Dame should just should win that game pretty easily. But I don't know, that's what makes Saturdays always so Find yeah, out in the future me.
0: we'll make our predictions.
1: Yes. Um let's go to do you want to do the upset picks first or do you wanna do the big game? Yeah, we'll do a quick uh, talk about the upsets. All right, yeah. yeah. Upset? We have two upset and we'll we'll breeze through this one pretty quick, but because again it's pretty early to be doing upset picks. But <laughs> um I have written down LSU at UCLA, and I think I think that I – li- I like Ed Orgeron. I think he's a cool dude, but I don't know how great of a coach he is. I mean, he, the stars aligned in 2019. Like, you couldn't have had a better scenario. Joe Burrow playing out of his mind. You had two unbelievable wide receivers. You had – uh, Joe we Brady. Had
0: Three thousand yard receivers in that one
1: year. Dude. Yeah, you had Joe Brady, who was the Saints' offensive coordinator forever. He was there for one year and then left. Like, it's just a bunch of you know you just had a lot of good things happen, and um, obviously last year you saw that they struggled, and I think the but the main reason why I picked this game was it had to do with UCLA. I think Chip Kelly's a good coach. Obviously, he's not having as much success as he did at Oregon, but I think the main thing for me at this game is that UCLA. This is their second game. Um, they play the week before, but it's kind of a you know a warm up game, like a team they should wa- like they should beat. So they're going to have a game under their belt, and I think that they're going to come in and it's at UCLA, and I don't. I mean, I I could honestly see LSU losing that game.
0: UCLA improved last year from his first two, different from his first two seasons. Right. So who knows? And I and I agree with Ed Ordone. I think it. I predict he's going to be gone, mm-hmm. kind of like Gene Chizik.
1: Yeah, I just think that it's hard to believe. I mean, just when he literally just won a national championship, but, but yeah, I just think that the the pieces were. I think it was more about the Jimmys and Joes, like. He just, like, I don't know. Last year, you could just tell it was Especially not. Especially
0: with Alabama and your division. Right. Machine. It's kind of hard to beat them up consistently. So.
1: Yep. <laughs> what about your upset pick? <laughs> well, it was that one, but. <laughs> oh, you picked that same game?
0: Yeah, but I wrote down another game that kind of caught my eye. I don't know much about the Rankin Cajuns. After they have another Louisiana school. So.
1: they were they were ranked last year in top 25. Yeah, they were
0: good. So. Billy Napier's done a good job four years there. And Texas is Texas. They're always back. So I don't know what to expect yeah. from them.
1: They're supposed to be the they're supposed to be a national champion every year, according to Kirk Herbstreit. <laughs> I like Kirk Herbstreit, but he bugs me when he does that. Every year, it's like, Florida State's back, and Sam Ellinger is going to win the Heisman. What? <laughs> okay. For that year, uh,
0: they thought Miami was back.
1: Yeah, that was last year, wasn't it?
0: No, it was uh, Mark Rick was still coach. 2017 season.
1: Oh. That was the year. I think They, they crushed Notre Dame. Yeah. And they
0: lost the next week, I think. Or two weeks later. And after that, it just went downhill. Yep. They lost NC State or something like that. And I Notre, heard Dame that was, game. Notre Dame was decent that year, but. I actually think Ohio that was, was Notre decent. Dame.
1: I think that was one of Notre Dame's best teams. That, who was the running back? 2017? Fisher? No. Josh Adams?
0: Yeah, Adams. Who's Fisher? but they were riding on the Heisman hype for him.
1: Yeah. Well, um, let's jump into this last game because we really only have like 15 minutes left of recording, um, So, and we still got to get through our offensive players. That's good. But <laughs> Yeah, I think we can make it happen. But the last game we had written down was the biggest game of the, of the weekend. It's going to be Georgia versus Clemson at a neutral site. Um, you're talking two of the – you know this game, like whoever loses, barring it be like a good game, is definitely not out of the playoff race. They're going to still be very much in it because that'll be a quote unquote. I hate the term "good loss," but um, but that's what it would be. Like you're going to lose to a, a a potential playoff team here. So um, they
0: still played a couple times not too long ago. Both yeah, yeah, on their home fields. So, but this is neutral. This time.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a ton about Georgia. Um, One edge I
0: think Georgia has is the, uh, its quarterback play because they have a veteran quarterback back, the JT Daniels. Oh,
1: that's right. Yep, yep, yep. I knew I mean, that. I'm, I don't
0: I'm not going to try to pronounce the clipson quarterback's name. He's good too,
1: but DJ U Uy- Younggolale you <laughs> Yeah well I heard it enough when we played him mid, mid midway through the year, so <laughs> um yeah, I think I think Clemson in my opinion is actually the best team in the country. Uh, I think that with DJ coming back, with the experience that he got last year when Lawrence was out with, with uh, quarantine stuff and you know, played in a huge game at Notre Dame. And he held his own. Dude threw for 450 yards. Like, like he's going to be really, really good. Now it's uh, his team. So. Yeah. And then, I mean, they lost ETN, but I'm not – I mean, Clemson's going to have another running back. They'll be fine. Um, yeah. And they got Justin Ross back from injury, the wide receiver. That was so good in 2018 alongside um, – was it T. Higgins? Yeah. yeah. Um, And then their defense is stacked. I mean, they had. I think they'll be
0: better on defense, like a lot better than what they were last year.
1: And this might be a hot take, but I think they're going to be better this year than they were last year as a team. Like, it can I happen. think, I think overall, if if DJ can play, if DJ can play within himself and not, but dude, like, I mean, he played like a he did not play like a true freshman in South Bend in November last year. Like, he was good. And, what well, I, I don't know. I just think that – I think they're going to be better overall. They're going to be better at wide receiver because, I mean, Cornell Powell or I think is what his name was, and then there was another guy. Um, they both went in the draft. I don't think that they were that great. I think that they were good. Wide receivers and Trevor Lawrence made them better. Um, You don't have
0: that big name quarterback either sometimes schools i mean Trevor Lawrence won a national championship but a lot of times when that top player leaves they play way better the next year
1: yeah i they just don't think, have
0: that hype for that one guy
1: yeah i think that it's going to be interesting because i think i think clemson like i said i think that they're you can quote me on that we'll look we'll look back at this episode midway through next year and and I think you'll be. I think you'll honestly see Clemson as the number one team. Um,
0: you know, what, I'll just say he's my Heisman pick too.
1: DJ. Yeah,
0: my
1: choice. <laughs> there you go. Pick it. Pick it while it's hot. Quarterback. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, your bet odds are good there. So, um, but yeah, that's it pretty much for games. And Next we'll, week we'll do one, two. Yeah, we'll we'll dive into some more games. Um, as the summer goes along and then obviously once once the uh, season gets close maybe a week away obviously we're gonna do the episode the week before the first weekend we're gonna pick the games we're not gonna pick every game but we'll pick you know the ba- the main ones and probably just do power five at least and uh, yeah so let's transition into... The top five offensive players, and we've got about twelve minutes, so let's uh, we'll have to skim through these pretty quick. No offense to any of these guys, not that they care, because I'm sure they probably won't hear this. But um, I'll start with my number five, and I this was tough because I, I like, I went through, and I was like, man, like I love this guy, I love this guy, but I just kind of have to go with my like guys that I like. Every Saturday, we're super pumped to watch. And my number five was Everett Golson. And I know that he had kind of a a weird end to his Notre Dame career. But, man, I had some high hopes for that dude. Like, I just don't think he really ever responded well to Brian Kelly's and, like, his hard coaching. Um, Because at that time, Kelly was dealing mainly with the offense and quarterbacks. And – but I mean, I mean, they, you watch some of the highlights from that 2012 year, and even like his, his the year after his suspension, in 2014. Like he had this unbelievable ability to run and throw, and I, I, you know, I, I loved watching him play when he was there. Um, but I, I'm also bummed because I thought he could have been better. So number five for you. Okay,
0: mine is. Uh... Not a well-known player. He had one pretty good year under Brady Hope's first year. Junior Hemingway, a re- receiver. He always made big plays. He was the Sugar Bowl MVP hmm. in 2012, which is last this is the last time Michigan beat Ohio State that season and hmm. winning a big bowl game. Gotcha. remember going up, he went up. Kind of a Calvin Johnson style touchdown reception
1: where he caught it between two guys. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I remember that name. I remember, I mean, obviously he played Notre, Notre Dame. So. Same
0: year, he, he had a uh, big catch against Notre Dame, too, so you should probably know him pretty well.
1: Uh, I don't remember that catch, to be honest with you, but I remember the name. Um, <clears throat> My number four is Theo Riddick. And twofold for this one because he uh, played for the Lions for a while. And, you know, got to love my – got to throw some love in Detroit. But they um, – Theo was just – his senior year, he wasn't – he got moved around. He was – he moved out to wide receiver and then finally was back in at running back. I believe – you know, I can't remember exactly, but I think he was recruited as a wide receiver. But anyway – He was in 2012. He carried the team in those last couple games. I mean, I remember the USC game. Um, I went to the BYU game that year, and it was like whenever we needed to play, Theo made it. I mean, he just catch. He would catch a pass, or he would, you know, it was just a he. It was a run play, and he would make two dudes miss, and. I I've always had a thing for running backs that have sh- that are shifty. I don't love like straight line speed. I, I mean I think it's that's cool too, but I like like Barry Sanders types that can like just make dudes just jump and grab air. Right. And Bush. yeah, same thing. I, I and that's why I, I'm not saying Theo Riddick was as good as any <laughs> with either of those guys, but but yeah, they were. I, he was fun to watch. So. Riddick
0: was decent when he played with the Lions. I don't know where he went. He went
1: to Oakland I think for a hot minute. I don't remember uh, exactly.
0: They, they used him in the passing game a lot.
1: Yes, he, he was, was really good at it. Well, he led he led re- uh, running backs and receptions like 2 years in a row and he was same thing. he would, I mean, he was always like he'd catch it and I mean, he was kind of a highlight waiting to happen, it felt like, so. All right. My next is uh, Chad Henning.
0: I remember Chad passing. Probably the last big time quarterback at Michigan with all due respect to the guys, <laughs> guys. after him. Nah, you don't need
1: to throw respect to them. <laughs> I
0: mean really. I mean he's still <laughs> in the NFL eighteen years later, He's been back up, he started, he's Didn't back he... up to Mahomes. He had yeah, I was gonna say moment in the playoff game.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. He played in the playoff game. I mean That's cool.
0: Everyone might want to say Brady, Brady, but Brady's time in Michigan, no one wanted him to start.
1: Mm-hmm. People forget about that. Yeah. Um, I'll number go – yeah, we'll move on to number three because we're slowly running out of time here. Um, uh, I put Golden Tate at number three, and he used to be my favorite player, like hands down. But to be quite honest with you, I – I don't know. I like I, he was amazing. An electric player. He also played for the lions for a while. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't like it. Sometimes his attitude bothers me. Like he felt like he was like, he was always kind of like loudmouth, And, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm weird about that, but it just kind of felt like sometimes like, dude, just shut up. Like, Hand the ball to the ref, go back to the huddle. But this is kind of a weird way to talk about someone who's third on my list. But, no, he was, I mean, like, unbelievable at Notre Dame. So electric. Uh, no, he was many...
0: unbelievable at Detroit.
1: He, Yeah, <laughs> at both. Yeah. He, was, he was good. He was a really good player. He had, like, weird speed. Like, it was like he could go from zero to 100 like that.
0: You talk about shifty as a running back. He was shifty. Well, and that catch was really amazing.
1: Well, people always said it was like when he caught the ball, he was like a running back after he caught the ball. Like he was he had really thick legs and just like he could break tackles and but man, it was like he would be at a complete stop and he would be up to full speed in a matter of like a second. So All right. My next guy
0: is Chris Perry, a running back. Pretty much beat beat Ohio State all by himself in two thousand three. The last Heisman candidate that was invited to New York, Mm -hmm. and he was the last running back. Well, before my number two guy, he's he's the last running back really that was picked high, Mm -hmm. but injuries hurt him. Physical runner. Which Michigan had a nice run from that time in the '90s and early 2000s, where they had a running
1: back—the good old days, I should say. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go next. Uh, Brady Brady Quinn as my number two, and these two are kind of interchangeable. And I know, like Brady Quinn, he's the he's the California dreamboat. He's the you know he's the pretty boy, as a lot of people call him. But his junior and senior year, he was he was good. He his numbers were really solid. Um, but I always thought he would do better in the NFL, and unfortunately, he got drafted by the Browns. So, yeah. <laughs> All
0: right, my next guy is Mike Hart, the school's all-time leading He Had a lot of heart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember playing with him on NCAA, the football game. Yeah. My buddy and I, <laughs> we used to, we used to like, <laughs> I, I won't go into the story because we don't have much time left. Yeah, that's fine. But we'll that's wait. a story for another time. Yeah. Good. Um. Number one for me is Jeff Samarja, the Shark. He was a wide receiver at Notre Dame for, I think it was 05 and 06. And that was, like, these two – like, both of these players were, like, when I first started watching Notre Dame. So um, – but I remember, man, Jeff Samarjo was, like, so cool. He's just this – he's, like, a the great white hope out there. <laughs> it's like – I know I'm probably not supposed to say that in these these times, but, like, he was just, like – it was, like, this dude was, like, freaking making dudes look silly, and he was – he had long hair coming out the back of his helmet, and he also doubled as a pitcher, and then that's actually what he ended up doing. He went to the majors um, and pitched for a couple different clubs. So. All right. My number one is also a
0: receiver is Braylon Edwards.
1: Mm. He was One-time good.
0: He was receiver. Uh, he pretty much beat Michigan State by himself in 2004 when they decided to throw him the ball. Yeah. Oh, we, have, we have our one receiver in the country. Let's throw him the ball. He, <laughs> we came back and beat Drew Stanton and Smarty.
1: Nice. Yeah, I remember watching him play. I mean, he tore up Notre Dame, too. So it was always fun. But <laughs> <laughs> can't go too detail on all these guys. Yeah, unfortunately, we ran out of time. But um, yeah, so that does it for us today on the Fighting Wolverines podcast and we're available on Spotify and Anchor. Um, Check us out and subscribe and share the episode so we can get our name out there a little bit. We'd appreciate it. So we'll see you next week on Tuesday.